Welcome to the Kinjas Podcast. Here we will discuss dance, life, and whatever the f we want. Folks, before we get into this next episode, we are proud and so excited to bring this episode to you by our new official sponsor, Kinja Bang Noodles. As always, Kinja Bang Noodles is air dried and never fried. Our noodles are 100% plant based with no preservatives. It's perfect for a quick and easy meal, or you can customize it to create your own flavor masterpiece. Keep an eye out for it this fall. Follow us on Instagram at Kinjabang Noodles for all the latest and greatest. Kinjabang Noodles, feed the revolution. Welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben. The who am I question. That question will always be one for the ages. People have been asking themselves this question since the beginning of humanity. We all come into this world with the innate desire of finding our purpose, which hopefully will help point us in the direction we think we need to take our lives in. Though many are able to at least identify some foundational principles of their own purpose, the journey in finding it and certainly maintaining its momentum is definitely not a linear path. The extreme highs and lows to the slow process of change are all a part of living out one's own resolve and ultimately finding your confidence. My guest today is Addie Chan. Addie is a dancer, choreographer, producer, casting director, and manager with a colorful career that branches from stage to screen from productions such as The Prince of Egypt, Annie, Grease, to TV shows and films such as Nickelodeon's Make It Pop, So You Think You Can Dance, to Disney's Descendants, and Riot Games League of Legends World Finals, and that is just the surface. And to say in the least, Addy has definitely put in her work and touched nearly every realm within the commercial dance industry. And as we talk to Addy and as she walks us through her journey in how she found dance to having her experience and dabbling in work, uh, working in the industry, to making that tough decision to step away from school and to go into dance full time. And as she talks about her parents' influence in her life and, of course, that struggle that we all have of wanting to make our parents proud, but finding for ourselves and making our own decision to pursue the thing that we really feel is our calling. It's our true passion. And um, it wasn't always a clear path for Addie. She definitely talks about the organic um, opportunities that she found herself in from simply being a part of something that she loved to do and pursuing a career in it from teaching to auditioning for commercial work to being in environments where she was exposed to the different facets of the dance industry from choreography to producing to directing and casting and she never planned to pursue any particular sector of the industry but found her curiosities naturally taking her places and naturally leading her to see what else was out there And what I found to be most interesting about um, Addie and her ability to turn her curiosity into action. And like most of us, I think all of us have some level of curiosity and that's what gets us to pursue certain things. But to be proactive and to do the work that it takes to be excellent 
with the things that we, we become curious about, that's not such an easy task. And as we unpack what that looked like for her in terms of her finding her legs and uh, how she was able to take her curiosity and to boldly pursue those things. I think one thing that I really found to be uh, very powerful in this conversation was her ability to take a look at the past few years, which have been a very big transitional period in her life from uprooting herself from her home in Canada to moving out here to California, to getting married, to this pandemic that we're all in. For her having built such a career and a name for herself for or where she was comfortable back at home to um, essentially starting over out here and um, allowing herself to even feel a little bit of uh, the feeling of being a little lost or not being sure of where she was at and what she wanted to do and how she wanted to go about doing things. She talks about how those times where she was able to sit with her own feelings, to her own thoughts, to just reassessing things um, has actually helped her find and regain her confidence again. And I think uh, the big thing about that is, again, it's the process of knowing that the trajectory of, of success, uh, being confident, isn't this linear upward climb. It's um, even as she puts it, it has its ups and downs. It's essentially a roller coaster and the ups and downs all it's all a part of one journey. It's all a part of the ride. And and ultimately, she's been able to appreciate the ride um, to know that that's what's shaped her and and uh, is going to continue to shape her as she puts it that this is never a, a process that has a destination, but will keep going. And it's always going to be an ongoing process. Um, so thankful to finally have this conversation with Addie. Uh, she and Mike have been um, super busy. They've been working on some really cool projects, uh, things that we couldn't really talk about it as uh, as those things are still kind of in the works. But um, it, it's cool to be able to, yeah, just see the thing that is pushing her and her uh, the resolve, the core of who she is and, and why she is um, able to uh, function in the way that she functions. Yeah, I think this one has a lot. I was super uh, inspired and encouraged to hear the mentality and heart that she has. I think there's a lot here for you guys as well. Great episode ahead. Let's get into it. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Kinjas Podcast, Movement in the Shadows. I'm your host, Ben, and I'm very excited today. I have finally tracked down the hardest guest that I've ever tried to have on this show. Uh, let me give you the intro. <laughs> we have dancer and choreographer and producer, casting director. Her work spans from stage to screen with projects such as Prince of Egypt, Annie, Greece, to Disney's The Descendants, to Nickelodeon's Make It Pop, to Riot Games, League of Legends, World Finals. She also helps keep things in shape in the crazy world of Kinjas. We have the official first lady of Kinjas, wife of Mike Song. <laughs> we have Addie Chan, finally yeah in the podcast i feel like i should have entered like da -da -da, i know like and like yes. hear the crowds were or something descend that was, 
from the ceiling somehow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I just pop up. So uh, funny, funny that, story. Funny, that was funny story. the intro. That oh, thank you, intro. thank you. Yeah, no, I try. I do my best. I do my best. Um, so funny story with Addie. Uh, like kind of joking, but kind of not. We've been trying to figure out how to get Addie on the pod for a really long time. Uh, yes. Since last year, no joke. Since I almost feel like it's been almost a full year since we it, probably have tried. It genuinely has been. Yeah. Yes. yes, it actually has been because then I was leaving to go to London. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this, yes, this has been a one year journey, but yeah, we well, did it. So, I mean, you know, during those times, I was actually doing these podcasts in person, which was like, you know, the normal way people live life is doing things in person. And uh, now that COVID is, uh, is, is fully here, everyone has migrated to figure out how to do things creatively, digitally. So yes. even though you do, you, you do happen to be in town, we are still doing it via Zoom. We are practicing safe social distancing and all that. But it's but, a lot uh, sexier because then you've now entered my boudoir. Look at that. So, look at that. So, you know, it's, it's a win, really, I think, for the people. I, I, I appreciate so. the symmetry of the plants. <laughs> uh, everything is looking very, very Addie Chan-esque, as I wouldn't uh, imagine it any differently. Listen, man, this is the only place I can get, like, reasonable lighting. Great lighting. Reasonable lighting. This is yeah. not. Yeah, actually, this actually This is the natural glow of my face. Actually, I, I believe it's not it. the lighting. It's. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I did. I did double check my plants. Symmetry. And, you know, we gotta make them. Gotta make them. We gotta impress you, Ben, and the hey. podcast. Yeah, podcast world is impressed for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we, I want to get into the uh, the amazing Addie as you are to our world now. Uh, but for, um, you know, our show movement in the shadows, as we, t we, we tend to with first time guests, we want to get a little bit more of a background of who are we talking to and where are you from and, and why are we even talking to you? Right. And so origin stories are always fun. Can you give us your origin story of where did you grow up and then how did you find dance? And then all of that, can you just walk us yes. through that? Yes. Oh, man. Okay, sure. So, um, first of all, just want to say thank you for having me. It, ha it has been, uh, I, we've had to work for this moment, but I'm very, very pleased and also very flattered that you asked me. Of so, I'm glad, I'm glad we made it here. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I grew up in a small town called Pitt Meadows, British Columbia in Canada. Wow, Pitt Meadows, Pitt British Meadows. Columbia. <laughs> And I think that's really all I have to say about it. I think yeah. that if you close your eyes, you can you can see it. Like I, I literally, can. yeah, I, can I grew totally up see it. on like five and a half acres. There's a river beside me. There's mountains. It's green. There's a blueberry farm next door. Amazing. Cows behind. Um, so I grew up in a very very small town. I'm Canadian. Just want to wave my little Canadian flag. Shout right out now. Canada. Shout out Canada. Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up in a very small town and uh, I have danced since I was five years old. So I was very lucky. My mom and dad put me in dance and my sister, um, she also danced as well. So um, I've been pretty much dancing my entire life. Um, uh, and uh, I joined a pre-professional company called Dance Mode in Vancouver when I was about uh 12 or 13 and that's when I feel like my training really like 
took on a more serious note, we would travel and compete. Um, I was training under this amazing choreographer named Rachel Poirier, who truly like, uh, like I think I got a lot of my foundations from like my home studio, but she was the one that really like inspired like next level creativity. And I learned a lot about musicality and um, uh, abstraction and different things being cool. Um, so that's kind of like my formal training. Um, I learned hip hop going to parties. I used to, I used to go, yeah, I used to, um, I used to go to raves in my teens. <laughs> I yes. was, I went to my first rave when I was 13 years old and I was like, oh my God, music and dance and friendships. Um, music and that's, dance and friendships. <laughs> yeah, yes. man, seriously. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I was in a crew, um, I, uh, representing children of the vibe. What? Addie Chan getting down in a crew? Oh, I've oh. been in a few crews. I've oh, what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Like my, my, I was in an all-female hip-hop crew called Stone Fox in Vancouver. My like street, like raving battle crew was called Children of the Vibe. I was the only female. Our, um, our symbol was this before Hove. We did that before. Um, and, uh, and that's where I learned about house, drum and bass, breaks, um, funk, disco. And I really, um, became quite obsessed and like, we did bad hip hop at, at the studio, like this kind of like yeah, thing, yeah, you know, yeah. that's where we were at that time. Yeah, like a like, lot of, this is a lot, a lot of yeah. spandex <laughs> and like jazz runners. Um, but my hip hop and all my street dance training came from like just party dancing and, um, just culture and immersion. So that's how I learned like any sort of street dance, um, was from parties. And then, uh, eventually they're like, uh, you know, once I graduated from high school, I, a natural progression was to get into like teaching. But when I graduated high school, um, I didn't really you know, I have very Asian parents, Mm -hmm. shout out moms and dads. And they were like, you, you know, they've always been highly, highly encouraging of dance. Obviously they like devoted all this time and money into my training, but it was always like as a hobbyist. Um, uh, so once I graduated from high, once I got into grade 12, they were like, you got to go to school. And I was like, nah, but then they're like, no, you really do. So then they, um, signed me up for college. And they signed me up for marketing for some reason. I didn't even know why. Wait, time out. Does does college work differently in Canada? Like where your parents can go sign you up? Because here you have to apply and... Yeah, like like, there's university. Oh, okay. And then there's like college. Yeah, yeah. So I had to apply. But my parents just Chinese out and they just did it for me. And they chose chose marketing for me. And I was like... Yeah, like the okay. most Chinese situation ever, which was okay. like, you are going. Yeah. Um, but granted, I was at the point where I, I didn't have like a clear conviction of what I wanted for myself. I'd always been the type of kid in high school that I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And the idea of like devoting the next, making a decision to vo- devote the next four years of my life to figuring out what that singular thing is that I'm going to be for the rest of my life was just overwhelming. And I just mm-hmm. didn't innately feel a pressure to make that decision, but my parents did. So as like a, like a, like a, 
I guess like a backup thing. They like just mm-hmm. brought me into school and I was like down for it. But then the, the shift happened when um, the audition for the musical, The Lion King came into town. And I made, I made it through to go to the finals in Toronto. So I had started like, maybe I just started like going to school for marketing. I distinctively remember they said like marketing, you got to be able to sell ice to Eskimos. Yeah. And I thought that was really lame. I was like, I don't want to. They have enough. I'm just not flying with me, but I was there. Mom and dad said so anyways. So then I like went to Toronto and I didn't get the job, but I was like pretty close. But it was my first big audition. Mm -hmm. Up until then, I'd worked certainly in Vancouver, but this was like a a, a different city, multiple days, multiple city calls, made it this close to the end, but didn't get it. And that kind of woke me up. I remember going back to school and I'm like ice for Eskimoing it. And I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck? Wait, oh, are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, it's fine. This is not radio. Okay, nice. (laughs) Okay, because like, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what? No, I don't want to do this. So then... um, so it took well, me can getting I, Can I ask close. a question? I think marketing, yes. so you said your parents chose marketing for you. Like, you're going to college and here's what you're studying, marketing. Uh, did they choose that because you had, like, shown some sort of talent? Maybe in their minds, like, I think she'd be great at marketing. Or in their minds, they just thought that this is what they would like you to do. Because I find marketing to be... Though, okay, Chinese in a way where like you're going to college and we're going to pick what you're going to study. But like marketing, like, doesn't seem like the first thing that uh, the, the stereotypical right. Asian career path for their children should be. Yes, I don't. I mean, I think if they could have signed me up to be like going to university to be a lawyer or a doctor, obviously there that would is. be step one. Yeah, yeah. Or, or any sort form of government job. Those are always yeah. the three. Yeah, yeah. The three. But um, I didn't have, uh, I was a good student, but I didn't have the, not that I didn't have the grades, but I don't think that I, in grade 12, I really was just kind of like, I'm here. Well, I feel that. I was like, I had, I had senioritis in you know like I mean? my junior year of, yeah, of high school. Like, yeah. Like I was a good student. Like, you know, I was in AP classes. I was an honor roll student, but like, I didn't really... I don't know. I don't know what it was. I was always just trying to get out of school, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so I don't, I don't really know. Like, I, again, like I was so um, disconnected from what my next step out of high school would be mm-hmm. that I'm sure if I tried, I could have like applied to universities or something, but I didn't. So then this college, they were able to get me into. And I think that they chose marketing because we're like a family that grew up around business. Like my dad was a pharmacist that owned multiple businesses and pharmacies and stuff. So that's always been um, within our household. And I think that for them, they were just like transferable skills, marketing can go into, I think it was something practical like that rather than like, she would kill it at sales or something, you know, like, <laughs> I think they were just like, what could maybe work? Maybe. So that's where I ended yeah, up. Yeah. But I, I think <laughs> anyway. that's also really cool of your parents to know their child so well, where yeah. they they are like in their minds, you know, trying to set you up for success, but oh, totally. in, in a way where they feel like, this would work for her versus, you know, trying to put you into a mold of like what 
success is in their mind. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? So they were really yeah. still looking out for you. And what I also think was really cool, because you said you had already been kind of working in dance mm -hmm. during all of this, right? So yeah. your parents obviously were supportive of you dancing. They, yes. I mean, they started you out at such a young age and then allowed you to kind of work in the industry or, you know, however much you were working during that time. Yeah. And then, but, you know, obviously school is like, yo, that's not an option. You're going and, and, and you, you got to, you know, make something of your life. And so was in their minds, did they think that dance was something that was going to carry on with you? Or did they think that you were going to kind of phase out of it? I think for my parents, uh, they've, I mean, I just, just want to say Chan family, very strong. Chan family, all the love. Like, man, I, I, they are so supportive to this day of me, and they have been since day one. So, yes, they put me through everything. They always knew that I loved dance, but, and I think that this is something that I've been able to articulate and understand better as my career progressed and through age is just, they wanted me to be happy, but they always, but they always want me to be safe and secure. So I think for them, their hesitance to really just, um, just, just let me figure it out um, is scary for them because they want to know what kind of plan and they, and they, they, they need it in terms that they understand, such mm -hmm. as government job, dentist, doctor, mm -hmm. dancer, entertainer was something that, although they understand I loved what that could mean in terms of my security and, and financial stability for the future was rocky. So I think that that's where the security blanket always came in. It wasn't mm -hmm. because they didn't want me to be happy or um, they weren't supportive, but they would just want to, I don't think they understood until much later that, mm -hmm. oh, this really can be a career. Mm -hmm. You can pay her rent and live and be comfortable. Um, off of it because you know for them they're very traditional um and it took time for them i think for me to prove to them what that looked like and even i had to take you know it wasn't until i was doing it that i was even able to be like oh yeah these are opportunities that are available to me that i didn't even know when i was younger to be able to like pitch them that this would be totally great mm -hmm. so um yeah, I think it, it took them time. They were always supportive, but like a lot of Chinese parents, I think that they worry. A lot of parents. Sure. You know, a lot of parents themselves just worry. And if there's something that seems stable, let's go for that. But luckily over time, they've um, learned to accept and understand and be very proud of what I do. So mm -hmm. shout out to mom and dad. Yeah, shout out mom and dad for <laughs> yeah. real. Yeah, so man. did you finish out college or was that just kind of uh, a little small blip in terms of school? Or no, I didn't okay. actually. So the drama continues with mom and dad. Okay. So I, yeah. so I came back from the Lion King audition and, um, and I was in class and uh, the, the idea of like, why am I doing this could, could not be any louder. And I left class and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I know I don't want to do this. And it never, um, even when I was young, it never seemed rational to put my time into something I didn't love to do. So um, I, uh, there's a pizza um, restaurant called Boston Pizza. Mm -hmm. And I, I typed out a three page letter to my parents and it was like, dear mom and dad, 
like, I want to dance. And I wrote them this big, like this big opus about how like I didn't want to be at school for marketing. I just want to dance. I love the music. I want to express all this kind of shit. And um, I went, I went to the restaurant, like Ben, imagine like, imagine like 18 year old Addie yeah. like, at the restaurant by myself. I have like my three pages printed out and I'm like shaking, reading it to them because I, I was just reading them this letter and then I put it down and then I ran out the restaurant crying. I was just bawling my eyes out because I basically was telling them I'm going to quit school. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to fly and I'm going to be Addie Chan. And it was very, very scared um, because I, although I know that they love me, I never want to disappoint them. For sure. Really, yeah, yeah. You know, like I never, and, and hurt them or I want them to be, you know, all of those feelings. And uh, so I cried and they called me right away. And then my mom said, A, we'll support you no matter what you do. And we love you. So I dropped out of school. I like moved downtown. I slept on a pullout couch on my friend's uh, floor and I got a job at a restaurant being a hostess and I started teaching more and uh, yeah, I just, I, I danced after that. So that's how like I, br- wow, <laughs> I <prepared> dramatically. <laughs> well, I will have to give your parents even much more credit than even we have been giving them. I mean, so normally if you were to, you know, pitch something like that to your parents, like, okay, if you're telling me you're not going to do the schooling thing, like, what are you going to do to, you know, I guess, make up for it? Or like, yeah, what's you know, the plan? Yeah. Like, what's the plan yeah. versus like, I just want to dance. You know, they, they're probably OK. Well, then like, how is that going to you know, how is that going to feed you? How's that, how are you going to put food on the table and, you know, like support yourself? So did you have this plan or was it just like? they just gave you their, their blanket support because they're just awesome parents. Oh yeah. There was, there was very little plan. I wish I had that letter wow. still. That would be like, so, yeah. so great if I just pulled that out and I was like, here, this is what I wrote. Um, I, maybe they have it somewhere. I should ask them from what I recall. I didn't have a plan. I just had the conviction of, I know I don't want to do this right. and I want to figure out what I'm meant to do. And I think that, yeah, I think that that was, that was certainly enough for me. And I, I think, um, and ultimately, even when your parents are scared, or at least for my parents, even when they're scared and they make decisions or they try and direct you because they just want what's best for you. I could always see that. I could always see, they always have nothing but good intentions for me. And, um, at a certain point, uh, yeah, I guess that they just, they just loved me enough to, to let me try. Mm. And um, I'll always be so grateful for that. Oh, I'm going to get all teary. I love my parents a lot. That's so. amazing. Yeah, they're the best, man. They are the best. The number of, yeah, my best friends, my best everything, why I do everything. So, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So as, you sl- as you're sleeping on your friend's pull-out sofa <laughs> and you're teaching – um, was, uh, I mean, you were already kind of, I mean, you were teaching before that, right? And you were dancing, you had go- been going to auditions. So I'm imagining at this point, you, everything just kicked in a higher gear uh, in terms of like volume of how much more you were putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's certainly like, yeah, I was teaching more and, um, and I really loved teaching. Um, but I mean, 
Vancouver back then, in when I was in my when I was like nineteen twenty, um, is not what it is now. Which is that it is popping and everything shot in Vancouver and all the dancers in Vancouver are getting all the work and it's amazing. Um, back then there was very little. Like I did, you know, a movie. Oh, what was that? It was a really bad dance movie. What was it called? Uh, not. I mean, I was in Step Up. But it wasn't Step Up. It was called, oh man, I'll find it somewhere. I'll find it somewhere. Anyways, I was in a crew called Pink Sushi, if you could imagine. Sick. Yeah, my, my, <laughs> my crew lost. Anyways. Um, <laughs> um, These stories are so, I've never heard any of, like yeah. I had no idea, like the crews that you were actually in. This is the first time I'm hearing oh, about yeah. Pink Sushi. And... Oh yeah, I was in, I've been in lots of, well, Pink Sushi was my crew in the movie. Yeah, yeah movie that I was ever ever in damn what was that movie called it was uh, I'll find it I'll, I'll send, I'll send well, you, it to you I'll send you, you a funny you, picture of me doing it you definitely have a full-on IMDB I was creeping on on your oh, IMDB there's a lot I, in there you know what I have I'm really shit at this I've never up like anything that's there is just because of production notes like yeah. I actually added my my own credits so it's not very um it's not very complete. Gotcha. But anyways, gotcha. Yeah. so yeah, so my, I, I mean, that's all to say, I was trying to work as much as I could, but it's, it was uh, not what it is now. So even the opportunities that were available at the time were quite limited in any sort of commercial capacity. Um, what really kind of kicked it off was when, um, when I was about 21, I moved from Vancouver to Toronto. Um, I ended up living in Toronto for 10 years after that. And actually I ended up in Toronto cause I was dating a guy long distance and he was in Toronto and it was kind of at this point in Vancouver where I'm like, I could do for a change. I had another best friend of mine that was living out there. So I moved to Toronto and that's when I really got, um, that's when my career really took off is in mm. Toronto. Vancouver was like early days discovering the love and just kind of becoming an adult, I guess. But <laughs> Toronto is really where the career really took off. And kind of that's where I got all my um, opportunities in a, in an array of different stuff, not just dance. So mm -hmm. yeah, Vancouver right. was cool, but it was Toronto because Toronto, there's more commercial stuff. There's a bigger community. Um, so yeah, so that's where things really popped off. So as you were um, pursuing essentially the dancer career, right? Professionally dancing from the commercial work and all that, so, um, and teaching. And um, I mean, you're doing a whole lot more now with, uh, you know, obviously your experience in dance uh, as a dancer. And then, um, you know, the transition that I, I love to kind of, um, you know, hear from different people who make that transition from like, I was just a dancer. And then now, and then I started to choreograph and I started to get like these director or directorial type uh, roles that are a little bit more, maybe even in the background and stuff. So um, can you talk a little bit about how um, the transition first happened, I guess, uh, for you desire wise, you know, like it was there a, a point for you where you're like, ah, oh, I'm not, completely satisfied just dancing um i want to do more like what was that for you um it was actually quite organic 
um, tra like transposing from being a dancer to assisting and choreographing and even all the other stuff that I do, like casting and producing. Yeah. Um, uh, I've always been the type of person to like doing a lot of different things. I have a lot of different interests and curiosities. Um, so I was dancing and like I said, Toronto had much more in terms of like music videos, commercials, uh, TV and film opportunities. So I was much more involved in um, more frequency, but also like um, larger scale productions and learning and being exposed to all of these broader, richer forms of entertainment. And just from being a dancer over time, I just started getting asked to be an assistant on projects. Um, I think one of the first ones was like, a TV show um, with Sean Cheeseman, actually, who I now work with now on the musical Prince of Egypt. Another one was um, for a Disney movie called Descendants. Um, those were my first like big project, um, like scale up, um, I guess, uh, commercial opportunities. And from there, uh, I learned a lot. Um, and then I was doing my own choreographics things, more smaller scale stuff. And then um, along the way from choreographing and assisting, I was casting a lot of this work as well because I knew a lot of the dancers in the community. So I started being a ca casting director more so because I was doing the work and it was easier for me to cast people um, by starting like a group where I was just easier to access everybody. Um, but then over time I was being asked to cast for commercial work or dancers for a, a certain project that I was totally unrelated to other than they wanted me to find uh, an array of talent. It turned into not just dancers, but any special skills people or unique looks and all this kind of stuff. So that's how I got into casting. And when I was, what got me into producing was I was actually uh, a model. Hello. For, uh, <laughs> I was a model for a Ford print campaign. Uh -huh. And um, I knew the photographer and the producer for the shoot. Um, the photographer told me, she's like, yeah, the producer is like actually looking for an, an assistant because the production house was in Montreal and they want to branch out in Toronto. So I didn't even know really what producing was, actually. I just knew that um, I liked being on the other side of things. I, of course, loved being on camera, and I loved being the performer and on stage, but um, I, love every, I love the creation process on the opposite side as well. So I just hit her up, and I'm like, hey, you know, if I could get your email address, then I'd love to just send you things and she's like oh I'll just interview you right now so then we did this impromptu interview and I'm like look man like I have no experience uh I've just been in this game as an artist and as talent but I'm down to learn and for whatever reason she hired me so then I became a photography producer and I was representing photographers and then I really got actually and oddly enough my my marketing knowledge made me really good <laughs> for this stuff because then I had to go and talk to art directors and ad agencies and all this stuff and, and I became a part of the creation process in that capacity. So this was all kind of happening in parallel, like being a dancer still, being an assistant still, having my own choreography things, doing my casting stuff, randomly doing my producing stuff. My producing stuff also meant I had to do casting as well. So I was doing all of this variety of work in tandem and um, 
what ended up happening is that all these varied experiences made me really good at at everything else. Like my casting knowledge made me a better dancer and I knew how to audition better in the room. You know, being um, being a producer made me a much more thoughtful uh, choreographer because I'm thinking about all departments and efficiencies and um, how to make the project and the team move forward, not just isolated in my little island. Um, so it's really crazy how, um, just by following, I think, my curiosity um, and interests led me into a whole crazy path that I never would have been able to design for myself when I was younger mm -hmm. because I didn't even know what those things were. I only knew them by doing them. And, you know, thankfully, I had people along the way that believed in me and um, gave me opportunities and I seized them and then just kind of flew and that's kind of how this like mixed bag career that I have happened. Um, it was, I've never been the type to be like, I'm going to be the choreographer. I'm going to do ABC and I'm going to talk to these people and that. Um, it was much more of a fluid journey for me, which, uh, you know, I don't want that to imply it wasn't difficult. Like I worked my ass off and I still work my ass off. Um, and I get these opportunities because I'm good at what I do, but I think I was always um, able to keep an open, and I don't want to say I kept an open mind. I think I'm just a, a person that uh, likes to do a lot of things. And I've been lucky to make a career where I get to, uh, you know, wear a bunch of hats. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I got all the hats. You have a lot of hats. I got all the hats. So, wow, you just said a bunch of really cool stuff right now. Um, I want to kind of uh, maybe get down to some maybe like root things of some of the things that you're talking about. So um, essentially you found yourself doing like the, let's say the core passion was dance, right? You love to dance and you wanted to pursue that um, professionally, start teaching, auditioning for jobs, start booking these things, found yourself to organically, as you put it, you know, um, kind of sliding into different roles to be an assistant choreographer to like, Hey, uh, you know, I want to like, I'm going to like, can I email you some stuff to like, Oh, let's just talk now. So I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that there is a proactivity that you kept pushing for yourself off of that core passion of dance, right? Like I, I know I love this and I want to see where this can go or how it can go further than, uh, maybe what it is and it's not like you had this like plan okay I'm gonna be this choreographer whatever but it's like oh I'm finding myself in these places I find that to be an interesting department I would love to learn more about it but no one is going to invite you to do anything per se unless you show some sort of desire um, you know some level of ability to like potentially take on these new roles and I think um, you know, as you are now wearing, you know, so many hats, uh, as I'm sure you have, you know, even, you know, different goals and, and things that you would like to try even now for yourself. Um, I guess, so my question in all of that is, did, did or were you always the type of um, person, because you mentioned curiosity, you, you found yourself to be very curious, like, oh, I wonder what this is, I wonder if I'd like that, and were you always that? Or was there a, a point 
in your journey where you can, you know, rec recollect as like, it was this thing, this moment, this person that made me feel like, you know what, if I want to do, you know, if I want to make things happen, I have to start thinking in this way. Um, because I, I ask that because I feel like there's a lot of people that have, I think curiosity is something everyone has, but to pursue curiosity in such a way where, it, where it's actually effective for you to like go somewhere with it is a yeah, different yeah, yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. So for you, how did you go from just being curious to being the like, I want to actually like move on this curiosity and act on it? Gosh, that's a really great question. Um, never thought of that before. <laughs> I think it's just who I am. Um, I think it's who I am as far as just being naturally curious. I think that the curiosity working in my benefit was a result of... Um, People seeing, like, however I met somebody um, or however, whatever that initial connection was, um, I did a really good job or a good enough job that they'd want to work with me again. Um, and I think that is always the starting point. Um, I think that what really puts it over the edge, though, is that um, I take everything seriously everything so no matter what i'm asked to do um i i just always i don't want to say i'm a perfectionist i mean maybe i don't think so though because i'm chilling about a lot of things but i, th I think oh i have a lot of pride in my work mm -hmm. i care a lot about my work and i think um that is so meaningful i think that i have uh i think i People want that kind of, people want to work with those types of people. People want to work with people that are reliable, work hard, and care. Um, so I think that as far as how the curiosity worked in my benefit is that when I was in those situations where the curiosity could, could go that next step, it was like those traits about me that got me to that next step. Mm -hmm. I wasn't with the exception of that particular producer job, everything else that I got into was um, because I was already good to work with. And then people believed in me and knew that if I said I could do something, I would do it. I would deliver. And, uh, you know, I was professional. So then I think when I think what always happens is when like an idea comes up of like, Oh, I need somebody for this. Then they'd think of me. Uh, and that's how I think those, those types of opportunities happened for me with the exception of the producer job where I think it was probably the most active about and really putting myself out there to try something new. Everything else I came, I think came from relationships that started in one place, but I proved myself to be valuable and reliable and, and, good at my work so that when something else came up, they'd think of me and then I would, I would do whatever, even if I'd never done it before, I'd figure it out. And I think that, um, that even for me, when I'm building a team, when I'm hiring somebody, when I'm hiring dancers, those are the same traits that I look for in people that I want to be around. Like, are you going to be reliable? Are you pleasant to be around? And do you, do you care about what we're doing? Um, so I think that those, 
just innate personality traits um, are important and people want to be around that type of energy. So I think that that's how the curiosity took that next step into being something um, more meaningful beyond just ideas in my head. Want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Meister Watches. They are truly masters of their craft. From quality materials and masterful timepieces to functional lifestyle accessories for the movers and shakers of the worlds they collide with, Meister is doing it. They've collaborated with some of the biggest brands in sports, music, comic book, car culture, and pop culture. We've actually had the pleasure of collaborating with them on a timepiece a few years back. I rock their ambassador watch. This one's my everyday watch. This one's my favorite. They are for our culture and for those that are on a constant mission to master their craft. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and pop in the discount code KINJASPOD to receive 25% off your entire purchase at checkout. And this discount is exclusive to the Kinjas podcast. You won't find this discount anywhere. Hop on to mstrwatches.com and rock with the illest. This show is officially brought to you by Kinesthetic. Hop on to store.kinjas.com and plug in the promo code podcast spelled with the K at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. We're always trying to bring you guys the illest gear for all your movement in the shadows needs. Follow us on Instagram at kin.aesthetic. Like us on Facebook at kinesthetic brand. Um, well, you definitely have a uh, confidence about yourself. In terms of, I mean, you know, to be able to say, like, I'm good at what I do. And, um, you know, I care a lot about what I do. Um, and, and it's interesting that you um, kind of aren't sure how to even uh, play with that term perfectionist. Because when you said... When you said that, I was like, yeah, I think you're a perfectionist, you know, knowing you. But then um, I think that's a funny term also, because I think that could be viewed as an extreme term. Perfectionist meaning unless something is perfect, it's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. um, there's that level of the way to think about it. But there's also that like just kind of how you put it when it comes to anything that I do, I I'm very serious about it. Like, not to say you don't have fun, because I mean, you also know you you even said it yourself the the experience of you know being pleasant to be around, which you know you need to create an environment that's fun and you know light. Yet we're here to get this job done, and we're here to kill it. You know, and okay. so um, there's so much like you know there's a that's all leadership. You know what I'm saying? Like to be able mm -hmm. to know how to do the job to like make sure all the, the, the T's are crossed and I's are dotted to create a fun environment so that everyone's laughing and smiling, but to make sure that the product and whatever um, we're here to do gets done well and it gets done within the time frame that we <laughs> allotted. And there's so many things that, you know, you um, are taking into account and you're sort of multitasking and, um, you know, like that, that, and then the level of confidence to know that you do it so well like that. Um, yeah. And, and the interesting thing that I find too, cause I talk to a lot of people, um, you know, even on this pod for like, you know, some people who went to, you know, did the whole four year university, the whole thing. Um, and then let's say they even pursued a career in the major that they, they chose to study in college. And then there's those that, you know, did some schooling and completely just, you know, did whatever other career path that they found. And the reason I, I find that to be interesting is because I think school is great 
for what you make of it. It's not this, um, if you do it by default, you will become successful or you're going to find your path and meaning. But like, it's you knew for yourself. You're like, you know, even when you said you're in this class, but you know what, this is not for me. Um, that doesn't mean that you're not a driven, motivated person who, or you don't know what you want with your life and you just like tapped out. You're like, no, this is not for me. I'm pretty sure this other thing is. And so you, direct all your passions all your energy into maybe what would have been put into school into this other path and like i can relate and i think a lot of you know a lot of maybe dancers or creatives can relate where when you take that um not so commonly traveled down road um because it's scarier to do that because there is no guarantee of anything um, at least for myself, I know that there was maybe a more um, urgency. There's like a more more of an urgency to like, there's no time to play around because um, th this is a, uh, I'm doing this for myself and I'm kind of like, there's no blueprint for this. Mm -hmm. And and so you kind of have to like push yourself. So like maybe confidence, um, you know, there's the whole, we've all experienced the fake it till you make it, you know, sort of approach to you like hey uh i've never done this before but i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be amazing at it so just give me a <laughs> shot you know <laughs> and then like and then you yeah you fake it till you make it you find your you know you find your rhythms and you like oh, okay like that worked okay that didn't work and so um i would imagine i don't want to speak for you but i i guess i'm putting this in question form in terms of like you know you finding your confidence to be that sort of a leader that sort of like uh, initiator go-getter um was that something that you developed for yourself over this time? Um, or like, again, was that something that has always kind of been in your nature to kind of be like, you know, there's like the alpha in a friend group, like, Hey, I think we should go do this today, guys. Or like, I'm going to plan uh, a sleepover this weekend and here's what we're all bringing. <laughs> and like, you know, there's yes. that sort of a person, like, were you that sort of a person like growing up or did you kind of find this like confident leader, producer ability in your like career in your later years? Hmm. I think the confidence and esteem, uh, I've, I've always had it. I've always had it. I think straight out the womb, I was there. Sick. Yeah. I've always been, um, yeah, I think my, I, I've always been, yeah, I've always been confident. And again, I, I attribute that very much to my family. I, I was just like, we good, we good. Like, I don't know. We, we came up very loved, mm. um, and pushed and, um, uh, you know, being driven and, um, wanting success was always, I think was ingrained in us. Um, I think as a, I think I'm a, I was, I was a confident child in, you know, in my early twenties and things. I think I just had that like discover the world. I could do anything kind of energy, yeah. but confidence is up and down. I mean, uh, I would say sustained belief in myself. Like it's always, I, I think I've, I've 
leaned more to someone that had that. But I mean, to, to, to pretend I've never had self-doubt or questioned what I was doing or, uh, you know, beat myself over failure, that would just be a lie. I'm human. And although I'm confident, I, I have all sorts of depths of pain and hurt and feeling. And I think that that's um, a part of the whole journey. Like, to be quite frank, I went through probably the least confident time for myself um, in the last few years. Like when I had to move from, so I lived in Toronto from uh, uh, for 10 years and then I moved to LA after Mike and I got married in 2017. And at the same time, like, uh, you know, I was leaving my city, I was leaving my career behind, which I'd really built a name and recognition and a place for myself. Um, you know, my dad had cancer. Um, it was very tough on our family. Uh, I moved out here. The show that I was, um, I was uh, choreographing a, a Nickelodeon show called Make It Pop and we didn't get renewed. And that was like my baby project. Like that was my first series television show that was my own I had the best dancers I had the best like assistants it was a whole it was like a big like highlight moment and then that just got ripped from me we got canned so a lot of things happened and then I transitioned to moving here where I experienced this crazy deletion of myself because not only was I new to a city um, where I, you know, nobody knew me. On top of that, the people that did know me, I was Mike's wife. So I had this very difficult three years where um, I was not confident. I'd really lost the sense of identity. I really, um, it was almost like I had to like redefine who I was, um, like as Addie 3.0, the adult version, um, <laughs> in America, <laughs> that's the yeah. full, that's the full series. Um, yeah. title. <laughs> but, uh, but it was really heavy, man. So, and I guess I, I did want to share that even before stepping into this podcast with you, because I don't know what all your shows are like or what all your guests are like but i listen to i've listened to, to your show and i've listened to other podcasts when people talk about success and how did they get to where they were and i feel like people always or people often talk about like this is how i did it and this is what you got to do um but i guess i wanted to share that just to remind people that the journey is not linear and everyone has their own version and you can get here and you can come back down here and you got to crawl back up again. Um, so confidence, as far as its place in my life, I, I would say um, I was the least confident in, in my late, in, in these last few years, I've just regained it again. I would say starting in 2019 um, but it was very tough. And I guess I'm, it's, I want to share that with people that are listening because sometimes I feel like a big problem is people's issues with comparison, especially when you're talking about success and career. And I want to know how you do it. And I want to model myself off of you. And perhaps I don't hear enough conversation about 
just the humanity of the journey that that not just that it's it can be dark and you got to crawl out but that um that's a universal thing and it's okay <laughs> and um it's not just like this you know um it's going to kind of go like this and it's going to get hard and there's going to be high highs and low lows but to keep going um yeah because the the yeah, the journey like where i am now i'm so grateful I'm doing some crazy shit man um but i think that it came out of um my my ability to talk frankly about that i'm good at what i do that i'm talented that i um have value um it for a while it wasn't so easy to say like uh it 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 was it was very tough for a few years for me to refine myself and my and my feet again um so yeah that was sorry i went on a huge giant no, tangent no i'm loving this <laughs> i just want to share my heart with you i, um, <laughs> I love it um man well that right there the sound bite for your promo clip is <laughs> right in what you just said <laughs> i think we're getting to some like meat right now and i know you know prior to us recording you know we kind of like you know preface like oh yeah directionally it will it will maybe touch on these things but i love um not having to uh yeah necessarily um touch on any particular thing other than what you actually really want to talk about and so i'm so glad that you brought up um what you just did as far as you know that uh confidence is not this yeah linear thing where you never drop you never oh. second guess yourself and it just keeps climbing and that's how confidence is defined and as soon as you doubt yourself or as soon as you you know whatever lose a step um then that you lost it you know what i mean and i think more uh, more than just like this um yeah this this feeling that we need to always maintain um this level of performance in order for um us to be sure of ourselves or yes you know totally. what i'm saying like yeah you i got it are, together yeah. i'm doing this i'm doing that it's going great sometimes shit ain't that great it's okay Absolutely. <laughs> and, and this is a uh, right now in 2020 things aren't yeah. so great you know things aren't so great um but you know i think it is during the times of adversity and, and like the challenges where um, it pushes you to uh, find something that maybe you may not have even looked for if you had you not been pushed to that place. And so for you to say that, like in the past, you know, three years of you, yeah, having such a, a life change and, um, not only just you know moving from your your home to the United States to um, come under a president who's crazy to like you know be in a, a pandemic and uproot yourself from this career and and you know that you built to uh, getting married and you know what I mean like let's yeah, talk about life. it like, just you life. just you just changed up everything. <laughs> And, um, of course, through the midst of all of that, you're going to question like, wait, so, okay, all right, I, I chose to do all this or, or, you know, at least a good majority of it in terms of like 
what you're actually um, knowing what you're getting yourself into. So there's a, a part of it that's like, you know, I, this is what I want. But just because you're making a decision for yourself doesn't mean that everything else just like comes alongside and, and everything yeah. just fits right in. And because you, yeah. you, you're still the person that you always were in terms of like your resolve, like who I am at the core of me. Mm -hmm. um, and then finding your legs again. It's like, okay, um, new circumstances, same person. Or, or, or maybe same person to the core, but like an evolved version of your yeah. same person, you know? And yeah. um, thank you for like, you know, being bold to share that. That's not, you know, easy to, um, I mean, that takes a lot of like self-reflection too, right? To like really just be with yourself to be like, man, um, you know, like who am I <laughs> as, as existential no, of a then, question that is seriously yeah, yeah that's seriously seriously like uh that truly was it it was like imagine just ripping the entire reality you know about the world around you and yourself and just being plopped into a new land and it sounds very dramatic but there's something very interesting that happens when you don't have if you're not um, truly inside, like knowing and loving yourself, if you don't have the things and the people to project, to, to reflect off of, of who you think you are, if those people are gone, if your community is gone, your work stuff is gone, and you're just you by yourself, um, it che it checked it checked me really hard. It was very difficult, but I also feel like it made me it it made me actually ask the truly important questions about existence. And I know that that sounds really like, hey, weren't we talking about like casting a second ago? But <laughs> but like truly, I mean, if you're yeah. talking about yeah. longevity in I don't know, success. I think that that's everything. That's success of your career. I think it's success of your being and you want, and your, and your life success too. And yeah, man, it was rough. It was fucking rough, rough, rough. And I, I went, but I came out of it, um, a grown, I think also kinder person because of that stuff. And, um, yeah, yeah, man. It's just, it's a crazy thing to do when you're really, like I was, and I still dive very deep. I'm, I'm quite analytical um, and I love self-reflection. I think that Mike and I, man, we'll just go into these abysses of like, why do we think what we think? <laughs> you know, like all this kind of stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think that also, I mean, uh, who would I be if I'm, living my life not knowing who I am because if I don't know who I am then I can't live my my truth and what my journey should be so um it was tough though I'm still working on it like you know yeah. so and it'll be a forever journey but I think it if it wasn't for that really tough time I might have just lived dare I say passively and just gone with the flow of the things I knew and the stuff I was doing without being forced to find myself. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's of course in retrospect, all lovely, but at the time it fucking sucked. But yeah. um, you know, you come out on the other side, I think of hard, of hard things and, and that affects everything, you, uh, your, your relationships, your life, and ultimately 
the type of person you are, which of course affects your, your career and your work. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah. Journeys, life, spaces, hearts, minds. I, yeah. I love that you, uh, that you recognize that it's never this destination of like, Oh, cool. I found it good. Like, like don't need to try anymore in terms of, you know, the redefining of oneself. Cause I think that is going to be a lifelong journey. Um, and, and I love how you put it as it's, uh, you can put yourself in a position where you're actively, um, figuring it out versus letting the, you know, being passive and just kind of being, just finding yourself in places, which I think is also a part of it. Cause you know, there's, you know, we don't have full control over where we find ourselves. Sometimes it's just like, Oh shoot, we find ourselves in a freaking pandemic. We didn't, <laughs> I didn't drive to pandemic land, but you know, here we are. And, but with that, like, okay, here I am. And, um, but, but there's a purpose in this too. And then, um, to allow yourself to sit with things, uh, maybe feel, yeah, be in your feelings, uh, you know, um, be sad, be discouraged, uh, mm. but don't live there because like there's, there's, there's lessons to be learned in those, um, moments of like, all right, I'm not doing, I'm not doing well right now. Um, mm. what, what do I learn from this? You know? And I think you being so aware of that and then, and, um, again, coming from your resolve of like, you know, who you are and who you know yourself to have always been. Like, I'm going to find this new, you know, version of myself through all this stuff that's going on that I have no control over. Mm -hmm. um, and so as you, I think you just kind of touched on it. Um, but, you know, as you're talking about success, uh, after having gone through all the things that you've gone through and, and you're currently working on, yeah, some, you know, amazing stuff, some of which we can't really necessarily talk about. But, you know, there's some stuff that you know, you guys had recently traveled and come back from and you guys are leaving again very soon. So I'm so glad we found our pocket to talk. So success, yes. it, it involves career, it involves relationship, all of that. But you know, for yourself, how would you kind of package what success looks like for you? Uh, um, <laughs> what success looks like to me is, um, I mean, although we're talking about, you know, broad ex existential things, I would be remiss if I were to pretend that having um, professional success wasn't important to me. Like I, I love what I do and I think I'm, I am my father's daughter and I am, <laughs> I, I find deep pride and uh, meaning in my work. And um, so obviously success in terms of doing the the big projects and having the 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 checks to match um but i think success means having like love in your life being healthy living comfortably easy things simple things i think having um balance of like which i'm working on of like body, mind, and spirit, truly. Um, I'm beginning to learn more and more that connections with um, people are so important because I lost that. When I moved to LA, I really lost that and I realized how much it took that for granted. So I think like being rich in people is important. Um, and I think 
ex- just experience. I like, I like different and trying new things. So I guess like easy things like health and love and happiness is, is all signs of success. And I think just getting to be, to live the most honest you as possible is like success, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think it's very hard in this world that we live in now to live honestly as yourself and love yourself, (laughs) Um, which is, I'm constantly working on all those things, but yeah, I think a, a, a simple definition is the simple things in life, like love, health, family, and uh, loving yourself and truly accepting yourself so that you can live this crazy journey. Like, and, also, and just like being grateful, you know, all of those buzzwords are all true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's all true. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that's it. I don't know. I probably should have thought of something more concise. But. No, that's really good. <laughs> uh, and it's funny, yeah. Like when you say things like the buzzwords or a cliche, I mean, they, they're said all the time because they're most often true, and yes. <laughs> it applies. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thank, thank you for that. Um, we want to get into a quick lightning round time now. I want to fire off some questions at you. So okay. you need to just come off, off the top, off the top. Here we go. Lightning round. Three, two, okay. one. What is your favorite dessert? <sighs> oh, I'm okay. I want to preface this by I'm really bad at these types of questions. Okay. Anything <laughs> to do with favorites or tops, I'm, I really struggle because I can't. Anyways, um, favorite dessert, I guess it would be like, ice cream like i like caramel ice cream i like creme brulee i like i mean i'll say specific things i like cookie uh, cookies and cream caramel swirl ice cream from um van lewin with a little bit of peanut butter on top that's my that's my bag right now that's what that, I, I know that's very specific that's also, very specific that's yeah, great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, you're, okay. you're you're killing it so far what is your <laughs> what is your favorite book of all time? Of all time? Gah, okay. I mean I mean, I feel like a lot of people say this, but I love The Alchemist. It was a very, mm. very, very important book to me when I was growing up. I'll mm. I'll call out like a recent book, which is a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, that is a fantastic book, which I just read. Highly recommend. Um, uh, yeah, I guess like, yeah, I'll, I'll go with those two. I'm going to leave it solid, at that. Solid, solid. What is your guilty pleasure? Um, like food, Anything. most of my, most of my pleasures, guilt or otherwise are always food. So, um, <laughs> I guess, um, I, uh, I love, um, just, uh, peanut butter cups and I love barbecue kettle chips. Woo. Solid. Yeah. Well, any well, carb, any carbs, any carb. Yeah. Carb, All the carbs. Always, they're always guilty. Yes. What was the last thing that you binged? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> okay. um, this makeup show called Glow Up. 
Okay. And also Sugar Rush. Sugar <laughs> Rush. It's a baking show. I love it. Goes back to food. I love it. I'm down. <laughs> what is your hidden talent? I don't know. Uh, I like to cook. Okay. I don't yeah. know if it's a talent. That, that is. As as you know talent. what? I'll be looking at Mike's IG stories and meals by the wifey. Hashtag honestly, is popping, dude. It's honestly, his enthusiasm makes my food look better than it is. I don't it's know. I, I like to cook. Let's just say okay. I like to cook. I'm trying to be good at it. Okay. I don't think it, I don't think I have a hidden talent necessarily. I, I, I beg to differ. I think you have many. But, uh, I mean, I can't say it. This is what you think All of yourself. Right. I don't know. Uh, All right. We'll take, we'll take cooking for now. We'll take cooking. What is your – or what was your proudest moment? When? Anything. And first thing that comes to mind, you – this was just, like, a uh, huge thing you accomplished or something that someone said to you after you did something amazing. Just a proud – Proudest moment. moment. Um, I, I can only be one. I told you I'm really bad at this. Sure. Um, okay, I'm just going to say recent. Yes. My problem is that I can't choose one thing. I'm very bad at that because I will just be able to justify all sorts of things. I'm just going to go with um, in the last year. I, I would say, um, so my musical, The Prince of Egypt, opened on the West End, and my mom and my sister came out to London for opening night. Um, I got to take them backstage. I took them to see Hamilton. I took them backstage at Hamilton, and I was, like, the coolest for a week. Um, I was very proud of that moment. Um, I'm proud whenever my family's involved in things that I do because I think it just shows them that like I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, like another memorable one is like my, my parents came on set to my show and that kind of thing. So um, that's like a recent a recent thing. I already hate that answer. Go to the next one. I don't know. <laughs> I'm I, saying, I, I think I think I think that's a really good proud moment. Yeah, involving your family and what you're doing, I think is okay. huge. Okay. Um, <laughs> If, if money was not a factor, what would you be doing with your life? If money was not a factor? Meaning, like, it's not because this makes you a lot of money. So, like, let's just say you don't have to worry about money. What are you doing? Okay. I feel like me and Mike are living not in America. <laughs> <laughs> unless we find out something different in november yeah yeah um, yeah but i feel like um we we have a dog sanctuary where we have a bunch of dogs <laughs> and we just like have our own studio where we nerd out and make weird shit all the time and we also have um our ramen coffee shop and um and we're just like we're just like living the life making weird things, hanging out, eating a lot. We like to eat a lot of food. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that that's what I would be doing. 
making, making whatever I wanted to make, whatever, if it was a show or a TV show or a movie or like some weird stuff or I don't know, some exploratory music stuff with like a, they weird sounds and I don't know, Mike's like going like this, I don't know, whatever. Just being creative and doing whatever we want and something, something food, oh something, gosh. something dogs. Yeah. yeah. Is, that's the best answer to that question I've ever heard in my life. And there's lots so of good. trees. There's lots of trees. Yes. Okay. All right. Like, you know, everything you just said, I'm like, based off of what I know of you guys, that would be your, your ideal dream scenario. That's yeah. incredible. I think, I think so. Um, for the sake of time, I do have some more, but, uh, you know, I want to kind of get to, um, or let you get some time to unpack this golden rule. We, we ask every, uh, guest what their golden rule, their, their life mantra, the, the thing that keeps them going and pushing through life. What would be your golden rule? Oh, no. Oh, uh, golden rule. What is my golden rule? Okay, can you just like um, fill some like space for a moment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you definitely had a lot to say in terms of how you define success. I, I found, um, you know, the whole uh, confidence thing to be a huge thing that I feel like um, I sense that that is something that is very uh, big with you in terms of how you have found that for yourself. Um, even in the way that you talked about your last three years, like the, to me, whatever got you to get or where you're at now in these past three years, like that to me, your golden rule got you there. Um, in in yes. terms of the way that I, you know, like the way that you yes. chose to be like, Hey, I wanted to say this, yes. that, that thing, when you feel that your yes. golden rule is making you say stuff like that. You know what I mean? So like, yes. what, what is that? Um, I think that it's interesting that you say that. I think my golden rule is that I I want to be as real as I can in my life and I want to um and and that means being the like the type of person I am, the type of work I do, the type of people I surround myself with, just building a life of that type of energy. Um, I think a golden rule that I've had and I'm still working on sustaining is just like, you can do it. You can do it. You'll figure it out. You can do it. I, and I've never thought of this before. <laughs> I'm only thinking of this right now, but I've always had that in me of like, uh, and it wasn't even some sort of egotistical thing inside that was like, Addie, you're the best. You're number one. Go out there and shine. It wasn't like that. It was just like, uh, I, I can fucking do it, man. I can do it and I'll figure it out. If I, even if I'm not perfect right now, I'll figure it out. Um, and especially the more and more that I work and the higher up the echelons that I go, I really realize I really can do it. And sometimes people that are up there should not be, but are. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that there's this yeah. odd idea of like only people that make it this far or are, are so successful is because they figured everything out and they know everything. And I'm so far from that. And I think that that can be so stifling from people, but you're not far from it. Everyone's, 
everyone's trying to figure it out. And the difference I think between people that are visibly successful or at least by optics, by people's definition at a place where they yearn to be is just whether they actually did it or not. Mm -hmm. It's not about ability. It's about, did you actually do it? You know, people talk and whatever, but it's just, the golden rule is just that you can, you Mm. can, you totally can. Um, and you should. Mm. See, look at that. Was that that's, okay? that's freaking amazing. Oh God! Those are diamonds right there. Diamonds. I love it. Fuck! I should have asked you these questions before so I could prepare. But no. But see, hey, I, I, I I love the in the moment pressured answers because, uh, especially coming from you, I think um, you are. I mean, when you say like just what be your truest, honest self, like sometimes. Like, I think that's why I like these lightning rounds, even though I know that everybody wants to give their best answer. They want to be different from everyone else. But I'm like, yo, dude, whatever kind of comes to the forefront of your mind first, probably probably went there first because that, you know, maybe in your subconscious, that really is the, the, the biggest thing, even though you want to be like, oh, well, that's a little like I could do better than that. I think there's there's absolutely um, lots of uh gems that come off the top of your head like that um addy i know you gotta jump uh you're about to hop into another meeting but i do want to just first of all thank you for hopping in here finally uh i feel like i didn't even talk about anything no you talked about everything and, and this is what i love uh like i love having these conversations that's the whole reason why we started the podcast was simply to talk with people that we think are doing cool things. Um, sure, we talk to a lot of dancers, but you know, we talk to people who are in all sorts of different fields because I think um, mentality and the human experience is for everyone. You know what I mean? And uh, whether you're looking for career motivation or like how do you create and you know what are some of the things you do when you lose inspiration, like. that's what we've been able to talk about. And I love having these just very real conversations. And I will have to say, Addy, I'm very uh, thankful for you, uh, you know, for who you are um, as a friend to me, first and foremost, but as um, you know, a part of our organization with Kinja's, I mean, we, we, the show is called movement in the shadows. You are definitely a movement in the shadows for, us, uh, we would not be able to do what we do in this space without people like you. And uh, I just want to definitely thank you and shout you out. You are a very skilled and talented and um, a person with, uh, man, there's there's so much depth to like the way that uh, you think about things. And, and I think there's um, so much value there. And I'm super just inspired talking to you. So, um, yeah, you know, finally did it. Finally did it. Thank you. Um, Thank you for having me. Truly. Of course. Of truly. course. I was so sad all the other times when we'd have to cancel and postpone. Um, so, again, thank you for just asking me to do this. 1,000%. Hey, you know what? Oh, go ahead. Has anyone ever done this to you? Has ever? Has uh, one time, Char- Charlie, Charlie uh, hopped in the, the interviewer seat. And, um, you know, this is a while back. You know, okay. people have people have asked me that. Maybe maybe we'll do another one of me soon. Maybe you can. 
you can I host would, it. I would love to interview you. Oh, I feel okay. like as a friend, like, I don't know. I also just feel like I'm talking at you and I, and I want to know this about you. And sure. anyways, yeah. one day, if you want we to, will. I would love to have this conversation with you and learn about you too. Mark it. We, we will do it then. <sighs> um, and we'll have you back next time. I, I know you were working on some top secret stuff that we can't talk about, but I, I do feel like that's some cool stuff. So when we can talk about that stuff, we'll like have you back on and we can yes. talk about all the, cause you and Mike are in the trenches or yeah, yes. like we you guys are, are doing trenches. some really cool stuff. Uh, for whoever would love to follow the Eddie Chan journey, where can they follow you? Like, all the socials and, and all the cool things. Oh my God, my social media sucks. But um, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I am, I think I'm, <laughs> I, I'm the like, Addy Chan. What I'm, is my I, know, I am, I am, I am the Addy Chan. Okay. I'm the Addy Chan on Instagram. On Instagram. Um, that's kind of all I all right. barely have. But, um, you know, y yeah, you can just be my friend yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really... Your son, your son has an Instagram. Oh, you need to follow Odin the Handsome Boy. There it is. At Odin the Handsome Boy. I know his, his yeah. name, but not my own. <laughs> you probably um, on that yeah. more than you're on your own. Oh, oh I'm, all, I'm all over that. He's the handsomest, yeah. fluffiest boy. Yes. You need to follow him. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. pretty much me. And uh, yeah. Thanks Amazing. For having me, we, we, will, we will plug that stuff in the notes. Um, thank cool. you again, Eddie. I'm not going to take too much of your time. I know you got to prep for this next meeting, but thank you so much yeah. for hopping in. Uh, for, for those guys watching or listening, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. If you find this episode to be fun, valuable in any kind of way, all we ask that you do is screenshot your phone, tag us, Kinja's Podcast, Cast with a K. We're on IG, Twitter, Facebook. Um, if you really love us, hop into the Apple Podcasts app and leave us a five-star rating write us a review you could just say hi or you can write me a freaking paragraph and let us know what you're digging what you want to hear what what you want us to talk about all this stuff is very helpful for us and yeah i mean it's a tough time but we're we're still pushing through stay healthy you guys stay positive and we will always hit you guys on the next one peace out guys love y'all kinja bang Kids are blind.